close your eyes for a moment. Now imagine you're away from it all. Beside a crystal clear mountain stream, the cool grass crunches underfoot. Take a deep breath and drink in the sound of water cascading over the stones as birds call out from above. A real paradise like this isn't easy to come by, but it does still exist. And with your help, places like this one can last forever. You see, the Nature Conservancy works locally with communities, businesses, and people like you to preserve the most precious natural places around the world. They protect the animals that live there, the plants that grow there, and even the water. That way, this beautiful place will be beautiful forever. And we'll make sure that closing your eyes will never be the only way to get there. I'm Paul Newman. Help the Nature Conservancy save the last great places. Visit the Nature Conservancy at nature.org. That's nature.org. Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine. This is Get the Funk Out. And standing by on the second half of the show is Joan Benedict Steiger. She's had decades of work on stage, screen, and television, and has just done so many incredible things, and now she can add author to her title. So without further ado, Joan Benedict Steiger. Good morning, Joan. Oh, good morning. Thanks so much for calling in. My pleasure. I want to back up before we talk about your book. Congratulations, by the way, on your book that's come out. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, uh, when did it all start that you knew you wanted to become an actress? <laughs> when I was about seven. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Were you in a, a play in school? or No. Well, I started all my lessons. Uh, I had a wonderful uh, mother who had was... Uh, never had any relatives in in uh, the entertainment business, but um, being a good mother, she saw that I had the aptitude and uh, and the the will, and I, I wanted to take lessons. So she always took me to all my lessons. I started out with my dancing lessons, ballet and and tap when I was seven, and then um, about, um, actually, uh, well, it's such a long story, (laughs) it's in the book, (laughs) by way of, uh, (coughs) excuse me, Rome and Paris, uh, I studied there, and I was a member of the Royal Opera Ballet School in Rome, and uh, I lived in uh, Rome for a couple of years, and then Paris, went to school, and Actually, um, when I was about uh, 14 is when I knew I wanted to be an actress, mm-hmm. and uh, then I started all my lessons about 15, and I had all the great teachers, uh, Stella Adler oh, and uh, really? Bobby Lewis. And, uh, so That's great, Joan. Uh-huh. Uh. And so this is, you were all, you were living outside the United States, and then at some point you landed in, on Candid Camera. <laughs> How did that happen? Uh, well, at some point uh, I started my acting career in uh, New York City, mm-hmm. and my first job, I was on the uh, the Sunday night. Of course, everything was live, and that was uh, in the 50s. Uh, during the heyday of television, it was so exciting, and my first job was on the uh, one-hour Sunday night Steve Allen show, 
and I started as um, uh, the spokeswoman for Hazel Bishop Commercials, which was at that time like a Revlon. Okay. And I, I did the commercials for them live, and then I um, I was promoted into doing skits on the show. I love it. And from there, um, well, I, I just um, I started all my acting, my dramatic acting, everything I've done. Uh, craft theater and and all those shows, mm-hmm. and uh, then I was then I got on candid camera, and one of the um, one of the skits I did was considered the classic, the uh, the feather, what the feather that? bit. <laughs> what was that one? That's the one where I engaged a man uh, in um, sort of an airline terminal or a bus terminal, or anyway, a terminal, and I supposedly was lost. Oh. And I had to get this, uh, engage this man, whoever I could get, to try and have him give me directions. But in the meantime, I had on this hat. Uh-huh. which was a huge, long-feathered hat with all kinds of plumes all over it and everything. <laughs> and during the conversation, I would manage to get uh, all those plumes and feathers in his eyes, his <laughs> nose, his ears. This man was so perfect, he never, ever acted like anything was wrong and just kept on talking the whole time, giving me directions. Oh, I've got to look this up. There has well, to be it was incredible. Oh, At the time, um, Arthur Godfrey was the host on the show uh, live, and when they and then when they showed the uh, <laughs> the uh, repeats and the of the uh, of the skit, uh, Arthur Godfrey said I should have won an Academy Award. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how funny! You must have loved doing that. Yeah, it was fun, except actually I felt so, people were so uh, eager to help. I always felt very guilty. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I felt guilty because everybody was so nice. Oh, because you felt <laughs> like a fraud. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, so uh, of course, uh, one of the shows I did uh, dramatically was uh, How I Met My Husband, Rod Steiger. Oh. I, um... I was a uh, regular on the uh, show called Masquerade, and um, I would do um, a lot of skits with uh, visiting stars, uh, and the audience had to guess who the person was I was doing the skit with. Sometimes they would wear a mask or or something that would kind of uh, alter their identities. That's how I met Rod. And uh, in the uh, makeup room... He said to me, uh, come here, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> he invited me out to dinner, and at the time, he was, well, it was so exciting. It was the height of his stardom. He was starring on Broadway in Rashomon, and um, so he invited me to dinner and to see the play, uh, which I did. And then afterwards, uh, of course, we went to dinner, but... We came out, and we were crossing Broadway, and I remember looking up, and there was this huge uh, sign, and it said, uh, Al Capone starring Rod Steiger. Oh, and I gosh. said to him, 
oh my gosh, what does it feel like to be starring on Broadway and starring in a movie? Sure, what do you say? Starring everything. Great, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking, I just uh, Googled him, and I'm looking at a picture of him from Al Capone. He has a big scar across his face. Oh, that, to me, that was the best thing he ever did. Oh gosh, gosh, that was the best one ever done. 1959. Yeah, oh. that's right. Incredible. Yeah, that's when I met him. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, how did you feel about him in this whole Twilight Zone show? No, you're thinking, dear, of Rod Serling. Oh, Rod Serling. How's that for messing that up? Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, there's no comparison You're absolutely here. right. <laughs> Rod was an icon. You're yeah. Right. Yeah. Rod was an incredible actor. And, of course, he was nominated twice for Academy Awards. Yes. He was nominated for um, On the Waterfront. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Marlon Brando, and then he was um, nominated for, um, oh, gosh, the one that everybody said, The Pawnbroker. Oh, okay. And uh, then for Heat of the Night, and, of course, he, he won Heat of the Night <clears throat> with Sidney Poitier. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. So I want to talk about your book. Yes, Tell- it's on, uh, yes, I have a wonderful publisher, uh, Bear Manor Media, and uh, it's on um, Amazon. All you have to do is put in Amazon Books and Brooklyn Baby. <laughs> How did you decide to write this book, or is this a long time coming? Well, for so many years, I've been t- I I've I have quite a I think interesting <laughs> uh, story for, since the time I was born. And uh, I was constantly telling all my friends these stories, and they said, Joan, if you don't write this in a book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, um, so uh, that's how I finally did the book. And when I, I met um, a wonderful co-writer, and, uh, he, he, well, he was just terrific. I, I had interviewed uh, so many uh, writers um Women and men, and I immediately had uh, the right rapport with with him. The vibes were perfect with with David. David is uh, one of those Renaissance men who uh, he's a composer and a writer. He sees um, uh, at the moment uh, getting a movie together, which he's co-written and. Um, okay co-producing and also wrote the title song, Wind of Heaven. And um, I have a really funny role in that. I'm expect to shoot uh, this fall oh, in California. That's exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have, uh, probably so many, but do you have a favorite role or something that really stands out to you? Uh, well, it was a stage role, the one I did um, of uh, Leona Helmsley. Do you know who that was? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know, because I'm, if I'm talking to somebody like that's in their 20s. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I probably thought you were when I messed up the Twilight Zone thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. so I was saying favorite role. Right, uh, Leona. Yes. It was called Leona, and I did it in Hollywood here at the Matrix Theater, and it was a big success. The, uh, it was a one-woman show about Leona Helmsley, and um, uh, I just loved it. I, I studied and did so much um, research for about six months, and um, 
the play was done uh, w- without me ever leaving the stage for an hour and ten minutes. It was all done in, with, in one act. Wow. So I remember my director said, now, Joan, don't worry about a thing. I'll be off stage. I can cue you. I said, oh, my God, <laughs> you, w- you will not. No. <laughs> I can get my entire focus off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, I, I, uh, that, I think that was one of my favorites. I've done about 30 plays. That, of course, the stage is my favorite. It, why is that? A lot of people say that they prefer the stage over TV or film. Well, it's instant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's instant communication. It, it's so fabulous. I, I, I can't even begin to talk about most actors that have done the stage will tell you that. When you get out before that first word you've said, <laughs> as I'm telling you, I get goose pimples. <laughs> oh, <That's> God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is so incredible. And you know you're, you've got this huge audience, you mm-hmm. hope, <laughs> yes. and uh, you're, you have this instant communication. It, it's, uh, there's nothing like it. And, of course, unlike um, films, which, of course, are wonderful and just uh, two completely uh, different art forms, but um, you have, with the theater, you have so much fun because people can come back and and see you right away, whereas if you do a film, you might wait a year for people to to talk about it. (laughs) Right, (laughs) exactly. It's interesting. I was reading in your bio how... um your connection with Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Uh, that probably was uh, one of the most interesting things that I've, I've done. And, of course, uh, she's, Elizabeth Taylor always seemed to be, in a way, involved in, in, my, in my life. Really? Uh, when, when I started my acting in New York and I had um, um, wonderful communications with the uh, MGM casting director in New York, mm-hmm. and I got a call one day and he said, Joan, I think I, I really have something very unique for you. Danny Mann, Daniel Mann, was a, a very highly regarded uh, director on Broadway, and um, was going to direct Butterfield 8 with Elizabeth Taylor, shot in New York. And, of course, I was living in New York. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was looking. uh, Elizabeth Taylor, at the time, told MGM she would not do uh, the movie. And um, she absolutely didn't want to rehearse and so they said, well, you've got to do that or you won't get Cleopatra. Oh. So she said, well, if, um, if somebody's going to do the rehearsals for a few months, uh, okay. So they were looking for an actor uh, who also resembled Elizabeth Taylor, which at the time I did when I was uh, younger. Mm-hmm. And um, I auditioned and read for the part with Danny. And uh, so I was hired, and uh, for uh, almost three months, I rehearsed the entire uh, script with uh, Danny and uh, ran through the whole movie as if I were doing the role. It was a very unique thing that probably has never been repeated <laughs> since I, then. Okay. And then she came in, and um, and then I also did... Uh, doubles for in the movie mm-hmm. 
But then later on, uh, <laughs> flashing forward about uh, 40 years, uh, when I um, moved to um, California with my husband, John, yes. uh, then I, uh, when John passed away, uh, one day I got a call out of the blue about three years after John passed away, and the caller said, uh, Joan Benedict? Yes. Mm-hmm. This is Rod Steiger. I nearly fell off the <laughs> chair. I said, Rod, how did you ever find me? He said, Joan, I'm Rod Steiger. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we got together and uh, were married in a couple of years at our beautiful home here in Malibu. And uh, so nice. we had a beautiful life. We traveled all over the world. And I did two films with uh, with him and... Um, Anyway, that's that's how that kind of came about. What was it like doing films with him? Easy. Easy? (laughs) That's good. Easy. When you, it's it's like if you're playing tennis with some great person, you rise to the occasion and it makes you better. It was so simple because, uh, first of all, uh, since I had studied uh, with. uh, Stella Adler, mm-hmm. uh, we had the same kind of uh, acting uh, approach. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> Just uh, reacting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I just reacted, and uh, it was simple. That's wonderful. Perfect. He was just, oh, he was such a wonderful, wonderful person. Wherever he went, he said, Joan is, this is Joan. This is my wife. She's a fabulous actress. Aww. Yeah. That's so nice. Yeah. I had I had three of the best. <laughs> three of the best. And you're very blessed. Yeah. You really are. So everybody's got to read the book. <laughs> Where can fe- people find out more about the book? I, I know you have a website, which is joanbendixsteiger.com. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then order it on Amazon. Okay. You have a very interesting resume. I know you were on uh, General Hospital, Days of yeah. Our Lives. Uh-huh. What was it like being in those shows? Uh, being on those shows is probably the most difficult training you'll ever have, and you can talk to almost uh, everybody that's uh, Brad Pitt. <laughs> All the stars that mostly started on uh, General Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very difficult, very quick, learning a lot of lines. It is the best, best training. <laughs> yes. Well, it seems like it would be challenging, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, if I, I don't watch a lot of soap operas, but years ago I did, and yeah, just studying what goes on, and there's a lot of pausing and drama and cliffhangers. Well, not only that, and then you'll study for their own, you come in the next morning, everything's changed. Oh, no, <laughs> and they give you another script. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, and you yeah, just got to learn those lines really fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. But if you, but the thing is, if you know what you're doing, lines are only expressing your emotions of what what you're talking about. Yes. Did you have to be word for word? Was it okay to? Everything's always word e- for word. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> of course, with Rod, it was a different story. But he was Rod Steiger. <laughs> if you're a young actor, you can't do that. Oh, he changed funny. every role, everything he ever did. <laughs> Wow. So were people pretty upset when he would do that? Yeah, usually, but he was so great, it was much better. <laughs> <laughs> that was free, that, thank goodness. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, any advice for someone who wants to become an actress or an actor? Yes, you know I talk to so many, uh, so many kids, and they think it's all about money and all about. <laughs> there seems to be a whole different approach to everything. I mean, I all I've ever known is that uh, you study hard and you're dedicated and learn the the most you can about your craft, and um, and it really pays off because uh, it gives you it gives you confidence. The more you know, the more confidence you have. Yes, and the better performer you'll be, and so really, really study. And of course, I would always say, uh, doing theater is. Uh, I was a member of five different uh, acting companies over my career. That's that is incredible. Yeah, so you you really learn that way. Yes, uh, someone, one of my listeners, um, wants me to ask you about your love for tap dancing. Oh, I still tap dance. Oh, if I didn't have my tap dancing, <laughs> oh, yeah, we have a class here in, in uh, Malibu. They're all uh, ex, um, you know, ex actors, mm-hmm. professionals, dancers, and uh, we have the greatest teacher ever. The, p- the thing is that there are no tap teachers. I'm talking about, you know, professional. Yes. And uh, he was a choreographer in films and stuff. So, gosh, we have 12 to 15 big routines we do just for ourselves. And uh, I, I, my tap, uh, <laughs> tap shoes are in the car. I never travel without my tap shoes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And so everybody says, well, that's why you, your figures. I mean, I'm a size 6, and uh, sure. I weigh 119 pounds, and... Uh, so I keep my figure that way. I I love how you just shared that so easily. Some people are, don't want to share their their you know their weight and everything, and that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> no, I mean I I just uh, I, I really love love. Uh, <laughs> well, active. I love talking. <laughs> no, but it's great to be active at any age. You know. Well, see, I don't understand. You see, this thing about age it drives me nuts. <laughs> Tell me about that. When people talk, just the word itself is not even in my vocabulary. Good. (laughs) Because I do everything like I did when I was 15. Of course, um, I'm, well, you'd say I'm lucky in a way because, knock wood, I don't have any illnesses. I hate to put any hex on that. (laughs) But, uh, But then there's a reason I don't. Mm-hmm. I think I, I have taken every vitamin in the world <laughs> my whole life. Uh, I eat only the right things, uh, but right. mostly because I've been brought up on the right things. I've never had a soda in my life. Right. I don't eat hamburgers. Uh, right. but, I, it, but it's not that I miss them because I never was brought up on those things. Sure. Well, that has a lot to do with it, and um, the theme of my show is get the funk out. And a lot of people go through these funk, funky periods where they're they're very down. But it sounds like you have the key to staying up. Well, uh, I I think everybody, uh, <laughs> a friend of mine once said to me, Joan, how how did you get to be the way you are? <laughs> I said, I don't know, just lucky, I guess. I I was born smiling. <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm mostly smiling and uh, positive thinking 
and uh, with a positive attitude, everything is possible because if you get that negativity into your life, it's when people say, how could you be an actor and face all that negativity? Well, the thing is, uh, if I went to an audition and I wasn't right, I'd say, oh, okay, well, on to the next one. That's good. That's a great attitude to have. But, I mean, that's the only way to be, or you'd be a nervous wreck your whole life. Well, especially, you know, going on auditions, a lot of times you think, why didn't I get it, or I should have done this, and you have to leave it it at the door. You know, you're you're done. Well, the thing is, if you rationalize it, there are so many reasons why you couldn't get it. Mm -hmm. First of all, if if they were going to be pairing you with someone else, then it would depend on your look and your age and, and, and uh, balancing that out. Or, or they, they wanted somebody, a blonde instead of a brunette, they yes. thought would be better. There were so many ways which really usually have nothing to do with you and your acting. You're right. And I have this feeling now, uh, because I go out on, go out on auditions, that, uh-huh. um Let's say you don't get the part, but make the best impression you can because you that's never right. know they'll call you back for something else. Absolutely. Well, that's exactly the way I was always uh, taught. That's Absolutely. Good. Yes. If, if, if they generally like you and, and you know, they'll be marking you down for something else. Yes, I agree. Well, so. um, now, Joan, any other on your, on, let's say you have a bucket list, you wrote your book. Do you have any other things that you would love to do? Um, I don't, well, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to my acting in the oh, movie good. because uh, I love to act. As long as I can be doing acting or um, <laughs> acting or dancing, that that's it. Perfect, perfect. And, and so people say, well, oh, well, uh, I, I said, you know, I think I, oh, I'm starting to remember all the things I left out of the book. And they said, oh, you, that'll be your next book. I said, are you kidding? <laughs> oh, no, it's a lot of work. I would never write another I'm sure. book. I'm people sure. say, oh, I have to write a book. Oh, no. Okay, go to it. <laughs> It took us uh, over two years. I was going to ask how long it took. Two years. (laughs) Yeah, about two years. And then we were fortunate to get a publisher right away. Oh, good. That's another thing. Then then you've done the book and say, oh, now we have to do the publisher. I was just very fortunate because my agent, my acting agent, uh, had connected me with a publisher. Perfect. Perfect. So if people want more information about you, they'll visit uh, com. Right. All right. Right. And please order my book on Amazon. On Amazon. All right, Joan, thank you so much for calling in. Oh, thank you. It was a pleasure. We'd love to meet you sometime. Thank you. I would love to meet you, too. All right. Have a great day. You, too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Joan Benedict Steiger calling in. If you missed any part of the show, it will be up on my blog later on this afternoon at www.getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Again, if you want to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at org, and we'll wrap up the show with a little music off of Asian Groove, Putumaya World Music. And I'll be back next week, Monday at 9. Have a great week, everybody. Sheldon Abbott is in the house standing by. Have a great one.